Kimmon. Thanks for letting us into your ears. We're about to talk with Rivers Cuomo of Weezer and AJR. This is a very special conversation. These guys have never been in the same room talking like this ever before. They've worked together three times. We're going to dissect all of it. This is, yeah, just truly a one-of-a-kind conversation, and I'm really happy that you're joining us. Please subscribe to this podcast, share it with those you care about, and yeah, here's Rivers Cuomo and AJR. Yo, uh, we are here in the studio. Very exciting. This is like almost overwhelming that I'm not looking at you all through some weird screen, but it's incredibly special. Uh, We have in the studio Rivers Cuomo, Weezer, and we have AJR. Y'all have worked together two times now, which is such a thank you. Sober Up starts this relationship and it starts over Twitter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow, I'm so grateful to Twitter. Is uh, I think it started with me following you guys, right? Yeah, we we saw that Rivers Cuomo followed us, and then we, I, I, th- I th- was it us reaching out? I think it was us reaching out next, saying obviously we're such huge Weezer fans and we've loved you guys for such a long time. And then I think we threw out the, uh, would you want to collaborate together? Of course, have to. <laughs> right, we, we, it was it was that time where we we're like, let's just try anything. Yeah, um, but when you're saying that, like you really think in your mind, there's no way that Rivers Cuomo is going to want to work with us, right? Or do you think like, yo, he's going to be here and he's down to collaborate and we're going to get in the studio tomorrow? No, no, no. Of course not. We, our, our mindset was, no, there's no way this is going to work, but you have to try it out. Yes. Um, and it was so great that he wrote back and he was he was down. But two songs in your life that come from Twitter. Yeah. Africa was right. the oh, other one. I was like wondering, yeah. Well, it yeah. starts with a Rosanna cover that you did of Toto and then some girl tweets you asking for Africa. You fulfill the well, dream. Uh, Rosanna came after her tweets. Actually, she was she Sorry. was hitting us for Africa for months. And so you give her Rosanna her, instead? Well, exactly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but it was months later after it turned into this big internet campaign with blogs and everything and many followers. And f- so finally, we're like, okay, here you go. And was we her gave, Twitter we gave account, Rosanna? Was her Twitter account like dedicated to asking Weezer to yeah. cover Africa? So that was like the thing of her account. Okay, yeah. Wow. Rivers, can I ask, why did you follow them in the first place? What was it about them that you liked so much? Well, real simple, the song Weak. I just thought it was absolutely incredible. I totally loved it. It was like my favorite song of the year. So wow. I was like, yeah, I got to follow these guys. And it was more than just loving a song. It was like, I feel like if I was a new artist now, I would probably be trying to do Weak. Mm. <laughs> when wow. you listen to a song that's not yours, what do you listen for? I usually listen to Melody first. Um... Just something that sounds super uplifting and beautiful and it makes me want to sing. How, where does Sober Up come from? Do you guys, you obviously connect after the Twitter DM, but do you give Rivers something that's almost finished and ask him to fill in blanks? Yeah, we, yeah. the click didn't really sound that alternative because that's when we were like kind of somewhere in between alternative and pop and Sober Up was our most alternative-y song with the cello and electric yeah. guitars and we thought like, okay, out of anything, if we can shoot our shot and try to get rivers on one song it'll it would be sober up yeah um and we sent it to him i forget did we have a bridge or was it it was just blank right no i think there was an open space there it was it actually worked out perfectly it was one of the only songs with like oh wow here's like where a feature would go um and, and coincidentally it was the song that pro- would probably work the best with rivers voice um and yeah so we sent him we said we have this finished song and i think we said like definitely take a left turn or something like that maybe, maybe those were the instructions we definitely don't want to be like like the rest of the song um, and then I think he sent back like four different options of like of of could this work could this work and uh, and and then we you know we went through them and then we heard you know my favorite color is is you and we were like okay that was sort of like 
tailor-made for this. What are the other options, and why Why did you feel inclined to give options? Yeah, I, I, I like to give options because I, I, I recognize my taste is, is odd sometimes, <laughs> and I, I'm always surprised by what people end up choosing. <laughs> so I don't want to presume to make the choice for them. And since I have giant stockpiles of old ideas, I, I can afford to do that. And I just, I sent them, a, a, I think it was three, maybe it's four uh, ideas that I thought might fit there. And uh, yeah, I was surprised they picked the one they did. <laughs> Were you surprised? You didn't expect that one? Y- yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't, um, I love that part. Um, it, I, it seems like a totally different, it seems like a real, I guess like a left turn, like yeah. you said, but maybe that worked in its favor. I yeah. The, the, by the way, the song is beautiful, but like, and, and you're right in that left turn. Like, you, you, when I hear it, it's like kind of like you're, you're you're almost yelling at somebody you love, or you're yelling at yourself. And that my favorite color is you just hits in a way that yeah. so few lyrics. I mean, it, 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 it that was in the database, just collecting digital dust. Yeah, I I don't even remember why I thought of it. Um, <laughs> just one of those things. Like I was thinking about somebody, maybe one of my kids or my wife, and but just that phrase came into my head so i wrote it down put it in my phone whatever it really did become everyone's favorite part of the song i'm not even yeah. just saying that it's like every time someone you know uh talks to us about the song they're like oh but that line is just like that's that's the line i want to sing really loud yeah our uncle that's his favorite line of, of any ajr song and every time he tells us we're like we, we didn't write the line <laughs> he's not like that's why i like it so much it's the one thing you guys didn't do yeah <laughs> But, I, you know, I strive in life to find somebody where I can look them in the eyes and be like, my favorite color is you. Like, yeah, isn't that totally. all you want? A hundred percent. Yeah. Oh, oh. So, by the way, one of the greatest sets I've ever watched in my entire life, and I've seen a lot of live music, but the greatest set I've ever seen was Rivers performing before you guys <laughs> oh, at yeah. a theater in downtown Los Angeles. At the Belasco. It was just you, acoustic. Oh, that's right. I forgot I opened. <laughs> you, were, you were first of three. Right. Humbly. <laughs> what did I play? You, 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 so it was just, yeah, it was you and an acoustic guitar, and you, you, um, I think you did, I think you did, I think you did Buddy Holly, I think you did Beverly Hills. Beverly Hills. Say it ain't so. Yes. Say, so oh, random. you did Say it ain't so. Magic. <laughs> magic. Yeah. Oh, I think you did oh, magic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is yeah. random. Yeah. That was back when you were an opener. You had <laughs> he, was, he was still paying his dues. That's why he felt Sprinter the need to tour. do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sprinter tour. You know, that B.O.B. collaboration, I remember when that hit, and it was such an oddity at the time. Like, it was this, uh, this com- and yes, there had been Jay-Z and Linkin Park previous, but it was this fairly newer rapper who had a different flow to his tone combined with you guys. And at the time, like, what was this, 2006, right? 2008? Yeah, 2008 or Nine it, it is when we wrote it. I think it came out in 2010. I mean, that song, I, I can recite every lyric from that song right now. How is that collaboration different than a collaboration that you do with these guys? Um, well, that one, it's not that different. Uh, uh, I It's actually started as a Weezer song. It had, it, B, B.O.B. wasn't on it. It had a totally different Weezer verse in there. <laughs> And I brought it to the producer that was doing our record at the time, and he was like, "No, I don't. I don't like this song. <laughs> I'm dying let's, to hear let's it. Cut this oh, one. I really want to hear uh, it." So, um, then somebody, uh, the other guy I wrote it with, Doctor Luke, um, w- was working with Bob, and totally unbeknownst to me, I didn't even know who Bob was. 
he he recorded the B.O.B. verse on there, and then it was done, and it's like, okay, wow, cool. It's, that's the modern way. Well, well, <laughs> that song, along with Airplanes, goes on to casually change B.O.B.'s life, but that's also, I think, the first song that you're credited as Rivers Cuomo and not Weezer. Yeah. Yeah, you might be right. Why was that? Is that because the producer who was doing the Weezer stuff at the time was just not in, or does it not feature the other guys? Like, what's the yeah, threshold? Yeah, the, the, um, the other guys aren't on it. Uh, we, Weezer never recorded it. Got it. So it yeah. is, it's just you. Yeah. Did you think that it was going to do that well? Did you think it sounded like a hit? Uh, no. No, uh, <laughs> no. I mean, I loved it, but I didn't think it would be on the radio yeah i mean i think it either went top five or number it went really far could have even gone to number one it was a smash hit yeah Mm. yeah do you have that ability do you think that you can call hits no no not at all no idea no uh, not at all i remember when we turned in our first record to geffen records i said whatever you guys do do not release the sweater song as the first (laughs) wow Oh my so god! So if they had listened to 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 me, I probably wouldn't be sitting here today. Oh, that's amazing! And then from then on, you were just like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna stay I'm out gonna, of it. I'm gonna bow out." Yeah. But, so you don't lose trust for your own intuition or your own gut in that moment. You learn to 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 understand and know what you don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's knowing what is a hit song. What is that? It's like knowing what masses of people around the country or around the world are are going to relate to and. Um, I, I may have some talents, but there's no reason to spec, suspect that I would have that particular talent. <laughs> and I'm, I'm happy to let somebody who's really gifted at it do it. My favorite songs. It's a hit right now. It's on radio, multiple different formats. It continues to climb. When you create an album, like, okay, human, do you set goals or expectations for things or do you just kind of go where it goes? I think now, now, um, I, I def- we definitely... We'll at some point in making a record, we'll we'll start thinking like, okay, where's the single? We got to make sure we have a single. Singles still feel super important. Maybe we're just old fashioned, but no. um, it's. I mean, there's nothing like having a song that everybody knows. Like you, you go to your kid's school and like the other kids are like, oh, we like we like your new song. And that's the great thing. <laughs> that happened amazing. with Sober Up. Oh wow. Yeah. So um, I just love that. That's I crave it so much. So I, I definitely will think. Yeah, start thinking like, okay, this is this song is a candidate. Let's really make sh- do what whatever we have to do to try to get this one on the on the air. And where does that song start? Like, does it start with a lyric or a realization that you're listening to only sad? <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, that that uh, chorus came from another writer's song. It was a country song, huh. and yeah, so I I heard that and. Um, I just was just messing around with it and kind of swapped some lyrics, reversed some the meaning of some of the lyrics and uh, uh, made it sound more like Weezer. And yeah, then then wrote the rest of the song around that. And uh, yeah, just kept write, writing about being a, a sad weirdo. So, so you took the hardest part of the song, right? Because we talked earlier that the chorus is the easiest. But this was a this was you had to build around something else that somebody gave you. Yeah, I mean, what I mean. There was just something about it when uh, when I sang it with some of the lyric changes. It, it was like people around me, my manager, etc., just like, whoa, "Whoa, this is this is wild. This is like this is really ear grabbing. We should focus on this." 
So, and I don't, I don't know why that happens. Do you enter a headspace when you cut vocals or like, do you channel emotion? Do you think back? Like what's, what do you see in your mind's eye? Um, I, yeah, I do. I, I, um, like, and a lot of it's collaboration with Susie, like we were talking about. Yeah. If, if she says, I, I, I wish you sounded more sad here, then I will just start thinking about something that makes me sad. And it may have actually nothing to do with the lyrics, but it stirs up that emotion in me that brings out the right performance for, for that lyric. Do you tap into a different sad event, or is it like this thing where it just yeah, always seems like your dog's it's, dying? It's it's pretty stream of consciousness. There's there's some there are some recurring themes, but you have to go where your subconscious wants you to go. What it's offering up, you you got to accept that and and really feel it. Now that it's done in the reverse, and you guys are on the receiving end of a record from Rivers, how do you break it down, and what do you think, and like what do you listen for at the very beginning? Well, Zach, I, I don't know if you know, but this was step two. There was one song in between that was a little bit of a collaboration. Oh yeah, uh, Medicine with Rivers, for Melancholy. Medicine yeah, yeah. for Melancholy. Yeah, we we yeah. Well, Whoa. that was yeah. So so Rivers. I mean, you could explain if you want. But I can give the, I can lay the grammar, but go ahead. Yeah. Um, uh just. I had a song that w- it wasn't right for Weezer. It sounded a little, little more modern or AJR-ish even. Um, and it, we we had just done Sober Up, so I I asked them if they'd be willing to help me finish it up with with all the production, and they said yes. And then they really jumped in and they they came back with some great suggestions, melody change, and it was it was such a great experience. Yeah. So that um, it's not on the Weezer record, but I just put it under out on my um, my own name. You can find it on one of the streaming services. I, I believe you performed it on that night. Right, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. and, then, and then, so, yeah, so, like, like River said, me and Ryan had such a blast doing that. That was so much fun. Um, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him a, a compliment. I don't want to embarrass him too much. But, but, but Rivers is a, this, one of these very rare musicians who's, you know, uh, aside from the lyrics, which are always, you know, spot on, whose, like, melodic sense is literally just as unbelievable as it was you know the day he started making music you like you didn't lose it at all ryan and i still listen to every album and i'm like god that, that melody is just so mm. huge and great and it's just and it's just it's so rare because a lot of unbelievable musicians from the you know the 80s and 90s will will eventually be like okay they'll kind of lose what is attention grabbing what is an earworm but that's something that you've literally never lost which is why you're you know you've stuck around but, forever but why have you kept it like what is the trick because you're right like people who were releasing music back then they the, the consistency fades eventually mm. um i don't know i think from from day one is melody is what i care about the most i just love catchy melodies beautiful melodies and that's what i still focus on when i sit down to write um i i i, I don't i can't speak for the other people yeah if i if i had to analyze i feel like uh weezer was probably really ahead of its time in its irony and that's something that they didn't lose where like you could have a really pop melody but you're singing about a uh, man getting pregnant, you know, like something, uh, uh, you know, uh, there, there's some lyric on one of your albums about that. Uh, wow, that is cool. Right? <laughs> I, don't re- I don't remember. You don't, you don't remember writing right? <laughs> um, And there's an iron, there's a juxtaposition there. And that's like how our whole generation grew up watching Family Guy and like yes. everything's kind of ironic. And I think he was like 10 years early to the party and then kind of raised a whole generation of people that think that way. And that's a huge, you know, concept that AJR used in their 
music and it was 100% you know influenced by yeah by we're music. like oh wow the narrator is not actually saying exactly what he means he's speaking behind a veil of of irony mm. um and that's i think that's like a lot where Weezer and AJR uh, overlap this is when Rivers turns to you and he's like hey i meant every single <laughs> word i wrote you totally got it wrong <laughs> i was pregnant i was pregnant <laughs> that was a, for a brief story. moment during <laughs> the 90s yeah so what has been now that there's three records what do you take away from learning directly and working directly with somebody that essentially kind of laid the groundwork? It's not – you laid the groundwork for y'all to create music. The, it, well, OK. Yeah, I guess I was going to – Yeah, yeah going, the second sorry. part – no, no, you're fine. The second part of what I said is you know, we get asked to work on some stuff and, and we, we, we say yes almost 100 percent of the time. And we don't always love exactly what we're working on, but we feel like, OK, we can add something to it. What's so – great is that we love everything that he sends us and asks us to do and 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 you know same with sober up we were so excited about and so like moving to you know all my favorite songs uh when that first dropped on okay human it was like my favorite song of the moment i just truly could not stop listening i was like i literally said to myself god i wish i could have been in that session i wish i wrote that song with you guys like um and especially just the i mean all the melodies and 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 lyrics were perfect and i i remember the the first thing we said was uh everything that feels so good is Bad. We wanted it to go bad, bad, bad. Like we six, wanted to, five, four. We, we wanted, wanted to, to change those yeah, we chords. Were, that's the one thing we would have done differently was <laughs> add in that chord in between there. Ah. And then we, and, and we were we just sort of let it go. And then he you know wrote to us about hopping on and you know giving it an AJR spin. We're like, we get to put the chord in. We get to do it. <laughs> so that's the first thing that we did. It was it was it was amazing. What, what do you think when you hear that? Like that they would have done this little thing, but that little thing could change the tone of the song, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I remember it from Medicine for Melancholy, the the melody change they suggested was just like, oh yeah, why didn't I think of that? Uh, <laughs> it's so it's, it's just what the song needed. Are you talking about the dum dee 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 that part? I'm curious what you're talking about. Do you it was remember? Like, it was the climax right before oh, that. I want to take exactly. It. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. How could I not have written that? <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you want from a collaborator? Like to to go back and be like, oh, how could I not? Or like, what is like? What is the dream like from somebody? Well, I would never, I I would never presume to ask for a brilliant melodic idea like that. I'm, I mean, spe- working with a producer, you're expecting like they're just going to make the track sound dope and you know modern, and and then they bring in these actual m- melodic or chord change ideas that make the song better, and I just feel grateful. And you must have that same feeling to a certain degree because this is, I mean, this is the second song, because you're not featured on Medicine for My Melancholy, right? You don't have like a title. Yeah, we just sort of did uh, the production and changed around some stuff, yeah. I mean, you all have to be grateful too because this is, this like legitimizes from the second Sober Up hits with Rivers. Like (laughs) Like there's legitimacy and then there's this form of legitimacy. Like it's like a badge of honor. It did so much for our career and like we will be endlessly thankful to you because yeah, I, don't even, I don't know if you even know yeah it, it like I, so we catapulted never, us yeah it, huh. it, it totally catapulted us because we were never looked at as an artist that could be on any other format of radio mm-hmm. except pop radio and then you putting on the record you you hopping on the record alternative radio really embraced us and that was the thing that started to grow our fan base and we could tour and more and more people and then other radio formats it was the like catalyst that allowed our band to really start growing oh wow that's so great yeah yeah i guess you don't know yeah (laughs) you're kind of responsible so 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. But also, truthfully, there's not a lot of Weezer collaborations. Like, you don't allow a lot of artists to have that FT period with them next to you, right? I mean, all um, your biggest songs that I was listening to a oh, lot of Weezer. Mean, yeah, you mean collab, collab, yeah. Um, features on, on our songs? Yeah. Yeah. Um, often our fans don't like it. <laughs> they, they, I don't. I don't know why they. They're very, very particular, and um, it's it's easy to to, to upset them. Um, but <laughs> do you, do you care about that? Well, Still. I mean, it's like we live with these people pretty much. So <laughs> we we, yeah, we want everybody to be happy. <laughs> um, I think if I if 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 I totally had my way, there'd probably be more like bizarre features. I know we had Lil Wayne on that, um, which was amazing for me. Um, but uh, yeah, just just we want we want the whole Weezer community to to get along and and have fun. Is it wild <laughs> to see how the Weezer community has not just grown, but it's gotten bigger, but also younger? Yeah, it's cool. Um, we have such a wide range of ages at our shows now, um, and there, yeah, there's kids there, and and it seems like everyone's digging it for the same reasons. They all just love singing along and. It's it's an ideal spot for for an artist to be in at this stage of a career. Mm. Well, that's kind of an interesting question because you guys have been around for a while. I'm sure a lot of your original fans are like, make stuff that sounds like the Blue Album, but you want to keep experimenting. Yep. What's that du- duality like? You're going to find out. <laughs> yeah, because uh, you, you guys are going to find out because you're going to be around. You're going to... You're going to be a career artist, and you're going to be faced with a lot of the same quandaries that Weezer is. Hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, don't even it's, know. <laughs> I, I, I mean, we've definitely tried a number of different approaches from from just saying, you know, we're artists, we're going to do what we do, we don't care what the fans say. We tried that. Um, we also tried like, let's listen, let's do exactly what they want us to do, and that wasn't totally satisfying either. So um, we're, we're, it's, it's a very complex problem that, that we're always working on. Uh, I don't have an easy answer, but right. I'll yeah, be wow. happy to talk to you guys when, when you get to that stage of your career. <laughs> do you want it we'll to come be busy. A, do, do you want it to be a challenge at this point? No. <laughs> do you feel like music is a challenge? Well, the music, music isn't so much a challenge. It's just like, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, making sure everybody's happy and everyone's happy with the direction we're taking is that that's real challenging. That's the hardest part. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of people are Weezer fans and, uh, they they care so much. They're so passionate about it and including the four of us and we're all four different guys. So, um, uh, we don't, we don't want any kind of divorce. We want to keep the whole thing going and, yeah, how do you, how do you get everybody on the same page? Do you ever think about ending, stopping, not going into a studio and making music for public consumption? Well, I've always said like I'm going to do this until I'm 60. So, that's another 10 years. So, you have 15 albums today, right? Oh my god. Wow. Y- yeah. It's 15. 
I thought it was 14, and then no, it's 15 because there was two this year, which is insane to say, too. How many more albums can you crank out in 10 years? Well, um, things move so much more quickly these days. I, um, it used to take so long just to set up the mics for the drums. and <laughs> <laughs> take three days to get a drum sound, and now you can do a whole album. Uh, so, and when you have a database, just cook yeah, it away, baby. Yeah. Um, do you, and, not, do you not record all live drums anymore? Is it not 100% live? Uh, we, we do, but, you know, there's so much, like, adding samples after the fact. Right. I mean, it used to be, in, I mean, by going back to the, the 60s, like, engineers would come in in white lab coats, and like, they were serious <laughs> college-educated engineers, yeah. and it's just so less serious now to make a record. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I think, I, think we, I don't know, an album a year, but, it, it, you know... I'd be happy with, I'd rather have one amazing album than a hundred mediocre albums. So it's more about quality. How do you know when an album is finished? I, I really trust the producer. Yeah. Um, so I, I, if it were up to me, I'd probably just keep tweaking and tweaking. And uh, there's always something you could make better. But when it seems like everyone else is really excited, the producer's really excited, then I'm, I'm cool. Go on to the next one. The collaboration between you guys is... It is a different song than the original, but when you're going in to rework it, mm-hmm. are you afraid that you could go too far? Um, no, because I yeah, think I we think so. we come at it with a love for the song. If we came at it with ego of like, let's put the AJR spin on it, then that would be problematic. But <laughs> we come in as fans. Oh, this song is so great. You know what would, in our opinion, make it so much better? Change these chords, speed it up a little bit, make the drums but like pump a little bit harder, you know, stuff I, like I that. I think we're only, I think we were worried about not doing enough. We, uh, you don't even know this. We had a first pass of it, and we were like, "Let's listen back to what we to what we did," and it was like exactly the original. <laughs> to we just changed the car. We literally just, <laughs> we we did like two days worth of work, and Ryan said it to me. I was like, "Ryan, this is you could play them on top of each other, and they would sound exactly alike." And then and then it was like, and it, it also happens to us. We do that a lot, actually, even with other people that ask us, you know, produce their stuff. Like, no, let's just do a little bit. There, they might be too angry, and then we're like, "No, they probably asked us for a reason because we do have that distinct sound, you know, in that way." So okay, let's do a little bit of that and just go for it, and hopefully he likes it. Uh, so th- so that's that was the story behind. It. And you guys did something that I don't hear all the time when I hear a feature or a remix. You hear Jack from the beginning of the record. A lot of the times you could tell, like, the first half of the song is the exact same version as the last one. Mm. And then it's just kind of, like, placed right in there. And then you don't hear them for the rest of it. But no, there's ad-libs at the very beginning. That was Rivers. We, it didn't originally. And then Rivers called us and said, can you put in ad-libs? <laughs> Later, literally. Why is that important? Um, Because... I just wanted to hear him. I, I, <laughs> he was lonely. Um, yeah, I, I'm bored of listening to myself. I, I, I'm a big fan, and like it's, I want to. If we're doing the collaboration, let's do it. it. Yeah. Well, it sounds like you guys are together. It sounds like there's actually this this thing that weaves the two of you, as opposed to like clearly knowing that like there's two people in two different spaces, right. and like there's they're just disattached. Like dis-attached. that's cool. Yeah, it was the right call. Yeah. What are you thinking, Daniel? Was OK Human and OK Orchestra a coincidence? <laughs> um, as far as I know, <laughs> I, I, it actually was. Yeah. In, in all honesty, I did not know the name of your of your uh, upcoming album. <laughs> and that, yeah. that's completely honest. And then, and then we came up with it and put it out. And then he texted me, coincidence with the albums. And I, I know, because I, I we know Rivers. I know there was no, like, sarcasm, like, under there. He genuinely <laughs> thought it was a coincidence. And it actually was. Oh, yeah. um, but it, it literally was a coincidence. And uh, I, it was kind of a cool one, too. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It ends up being an album that's created from an orchestra. 
Yeah. That's okay human. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually, oh, that's really funny. I didn't even put that together. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. Is, are you, are you, is yours a Radiohead reference at all? It actually, so, okay, we, we came up with the idea. We, it, it originally was called Mad Orchestra. Mad Orchestra. And that was after Bang, because Bang has that sort of like, bum, yeah. bum, like the villain in the, the, on the, in the Broadway show. Like, oh, it's, and then we started like writing the rest of the album. We were like, okay, Bang is kind of the most evil sounding or mad sounding song on this album. It would be weird to just name it after this one song. Um, and then it was really just brainstorming. And then we said, okay, orchestra just flowed the best. And then like 10 minutes later, we we're like, oh, right. Okay, computer is there. And so it, oh. it honestly, it really wasn't a, a, an homage. We knew, of course, we would get the... Um, uh, references and in a lot of the reviews that came out, AJR's new album, OK Computer, does it like, like that's what it says. It li- they literally <laughs> yeah. typed AJR's new album, OK Computer. And we were like, immediately, hey, can you guys fix that? <laughs> Please. So we knew some of that stuff would happen, but I'm sure yours obviously was a, uh, yeah. Yeah, an homage, yeah. of course. Yeah, yeah. Is there a genuine understanding, like, on behalf of all artists that, like, to be inspired is to be inspired and nothing is necessarily original? Even Shakespeare was plagiarized from somewhere? Oh yeah, he would he would copy passages wholesale from these history books. He'd just be like, "Oh, this is a cool part. Let me put it in my play." Oh, wow. Yeah, so um, I don't do that, but <laughs> uh, I yeah, like I if people sometimes people will say like, "Oh, did you hear that song? It rips off that Weezer song," and like I don't care at all. I have no bad feelings. It's like, man, we're we're all just artists trying to look for inspiration wherever we can and. Do 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 what you can with the ideas wherever you get them from. Does it fulfill you in any way to know that somebody was inspired to create something off of what you originally made? Yeah, it's a little cool, but I mean, I, I've done it so many times. <laughs> I, I feel like I, I'm still in debt to the to the rest of the world out there with with the ideas I've I've used. It's wild to think about. Yeah. Um. Wow. What have you learned from these guys and working with them? Now three songs in, and they're a different group. <laughs> What, what were you about to say? I'm, I'm just like, quest, I'm just like, I, I, I'm, I'm curious what the answer is. I I'm curious if he learned anything from us. We learned a lot from him. Yeah, it's okay if the answer is nothing. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly feel like, um, it's the tip of the iceberg, and I, I really wish I could dive in. I feel like there's a lot I could learn. Um, I'm not a producer, and I feel like much of what they bring is like this the record sounds so cool and and beautiful and uh it's i'm not i'm not it's not what i do like it's not really my skill set so there's not not i don't know if there's anything i can learn there but i i would love to dive in and just work together more and uh i i just sense like oh man there's something really cool that could happen i just don't know what it is i want to talk about your use of the guitar because the emotion that exudes from this instrument when you play it is rather incredible. And we talked about entering your mind's eye for lyrics, but is there an emotional connection to when you shred or come up with whatever that solo or that piece is going to be? Because even in Beverly Hills, like the emotion that exudes off that freaking instrument is insane. (laughs) Actually, a lot of times for guitar solos, what I'll do is I'll put the guitar down and I'll sing it. I'll just come up with it as a vocal melody I'm just like singing into my phone over the track and that way it just doesn't turn into mindless shredding. Mm. Um, There's like there's natural phrases because you have to stop and take a breath and then you have a phrase and and that way it's it's not too insane because you can't I can't sing all that technically I can't sing really fast so it ends up being relatable and catchy 
and um, and it's something that people are going to want to sing along to, even though it's a guitar. So, do the do those pieces come after the rest of the song is built? Guitar solo? Yeah. Yeah. So it's based off of the emotion that's exuded from everything else. Yeah, for me, it's all all about the chord changes. People don't give enough credit to the chord changes. Like everyone thinks about lyrics, melody, the production, whatever. But I feel like the emotion is comes out of one chord to the other. What what that sets the whole tone for the song. It also keeps you hooked, right? Because that's like instead of it staying stagnant, there's movement, there's flow, there's progression. Did you do that yeah. bit for "Say It Ain't So"? Da, na, na, na. Did you sing that, or or was that just soloing? I think that was, just, I think that was singing. That, okay, yeah. it makes sense because it's yeah. like you hear it. You can you can literally sing along to it. It's yeah. just as catchy as the rest of the song. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We we honestly we tend to stay away from electric guitars. I think that's one of our like signature sounds. If we need that sonically, we go with like strings or brass or a synth or something. I don't yeah. know why. Just naturally, but but we do the same thing where it's like, for burn the house yeah. down. As opposed to just riffing wow. on a trumpet and That's see cool. what we come up with. I can't with. do that. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> How do you sing in guitar? I just don't have a. I can't sing like that. That's really cool. You can go <laughs> was that, <laughs> <impressive>? <laughs> that was it. Jack, if we would have told you, or any of you guys, if we would have told you in 2015 when I'm ready came out that you'd be sitting here today. Three songs deep with rivers. What would you say? Well, okay, we we were having this discussion the other day because we just won best rock song at the Billboard Awards. Oh, for congratulations! Ben. I love the quotes and for all of it. There were quotes for We just Bill- won <laughs> at Billboard <laughs> Awards. <laughs> um, no, I meant the quotes over rock song because I, I wouldn't really call "Bang" a rock song. I don't think it is. I think it's more of an alternative song. But they like group it together, so that's why I do that because I know that I would get some hateful comments on this video that's not a rock song but anyway um and i think we were sitting at dinner with our manager the other day who signed us for i'm ready and i think we, i was just i just said i was like hey his, his name is steve and i was like if, imagine like like when you gave us that deal if like we knew in eight years or whatever we'd be winning <laughs> winning the award for best rock song like i would truly it would be the last thing i would expect would happen and obviously that starts with sitting next to you know rivers cuomo from weezer so yes that would probably be the last thing that i expect would happen if when we got signed in, in 2015 you know what i just realized the other crazy story that I don't know if you know is that your manager is the other thing that made our career happen. I do know that. I yeah. think yeah. He, somehow through Sia, right? Through Sia, yeah. yeah Sia I, discovered I I'm that. Ready and then Wait. introduced us, you know, to, or she, she told Jonathan about it and Jonathan introduced us to Steve, who was yeah. our manager. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. It's amazing um, that both Sia and I went to our, our mutual manager, Jonathan, and just started hammering him about you guys, AJR. Wow. Like, wow. But what are the similarities that you see, not just like in the music, but in the overall messaging and the community? Because I, I do think that these guys speak to the lone wolf, the outcast, in a way yeah. that hasn't been fulfilled since you, you know? And Fall Out Boy and mm-hmm. Green Day, you know? There's something about that. Well, I think we're both definitely like outsiders, and I think we both... When we first both came out, it was like, where do we put this band? Mm-hmm. It, that's why a lot of people are like, you guys are a pop band. And we were like, we, we, we don't fit there. That's a square peg in a round hole or yeah. whatever. And that's why like, when we started getting into alternative, it was like, oh, okay, this is more of our home. Because 
we're not quite rock and we're not quite pop and what are we but like at least we found a home and i i have to imagine it was probably similar when you guys first came out yep yep there's a the end of the grunge era and we certainly didn't look or sound like pearl jam soundgarden um any of those great bands um so it but luckily um alternative was was very open at that time and they're open to new influences so it kind of feels like alternative radio is was at another turning point i don't know maybe it probably didn't feel open but i think it was ready for a change um, yeah ready for some modernization for sure sober up was the in our opinion was kind of the song that opened that door because right. after sober up you had songs like bastille and marshmallow like when mm. would a dj like marshmallow ever be on alternative radio and 24k golden had a number one song at alternative radio that's like we, we remember crazy thing. we remember when we first went to alternative with with sober up um our manager steve he has obviously he has friends in the industry who said i i hate ajr right now because i have every single artist pop artist coming to my door now saying hey why aren't we pushing our song <laughs> to alternative why aren't we pushing our song to alternative yeah but that's weird to think because you never saw yourself as a pop act yeah, not really. And, and it wasn't even our d- full decision to, like, push it to alt-radio at first, right? I think it's just, like, someone just started playing it. I yeah. think just, like, the guys in maybe Denver, they, they just, like, played it once, and then it was one of these things that was, like, that that's going to work. But the other know? thing is we didn't see ourselves as a pop act because we had I'm Ready Go to Pop Radio, and we tried to tour after that, and mm-hmm. we could get, like, five people in each room. Yeah. So we said, this is not working. We This is not the right lane for us. We can't – if this song is not working on the radio – and we can't get people in a room. This can't be the right place for us. But there's an honesty and there's an irony that's afforded at alternative radio that you don't get at other in other genres that mm. I think match the stories that you were looking to tell. And those are stories that only have a place on the radio because, yeah, of rivers. Yeah, they yeah. They, they created that space. You're right. It's weird. Is, is, is that weird to hear though? He um, knows. I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> when I when I listen to their record, I I just it just sounds so thoughtful and like they're really exploring the issues internal issues that are important to them and i totally relate to that it's like yeah like i said in, at the beginning of this conversation like i think i would probably be trying to do this if i was of their generation as we sit here today and we wrap up this conversation i've taken way too much of your time all of you I'm looking at a bunch of incredible musicians <laughs> i'm so sorry i was gonna say that yeah, yeah. <laughs> how do y'all measure success in 2021 like in, in this present moment, because you have an album out, OK Orchestra, listen to it, link in the description below. Rivers, Weezer has two albums out, Van Weezer, OK Human, links in the description below. A lot of links. All the links. <laughs> but how is success defined? Like, how, how do you see it? How do you feel it? How do you look at it? Can I say two, two metrics? You can say everything. Um, well, one would be like, what they call consumption. This is like streaming. Yeah. And then the other is people coming to the shows. Um, and I guess we'll see this summer, but it looks like it's going to be pretty big tour. Um, so yeah, it, not just people coming, but like going crazy when you're playing. Is, That's the most important metric. for definitely. me. <laughs> That's the fuel that keeps you going is people acknowledging and being touched by the art you make. Is that right? Yeah, I mean, I think I'd probably still keep going even if nobody cared, which is sad. <laughs> but it sure is rewarding to, to hear the applause. I, I think the last thing that you said about people going crazy is really, it's, it's, a, it's a perfect answer because 
you know, you can bring a lot of people into a room, but there's a difference between a passive and like an active mm-hmm. listener. And I've we've watched Weezer play at, at shows that we've done together, and those are extremely active listeners. For every single song, even the deep cuts, they're singing them fully and jumping up in the air, and they just haven't faded at all in the last, you know, 30 years. Um, and I think that's a great answer, actually. If you have those kinds of fans, it's it's still culty, you know, mm-hmm. that, and that's that, that's the kind of band that's really ideal to be. Is that success to you guys today? 100%. Yeah. If you're sorry, go ahead. I I was going to say for me, it's also the experiences that come out of what Jack and and Rivers were both talking about, because uh, we played a festival, Midtown Music, um, a handful of years ago, and there was a huge crowd there. And we're really surprised to see a crowd. But the thing that I remember most about that experience was Rivers standing on the side of the stage (laughs) and watching us playing. (laughs) The first time we had met him after we we had put out Sober Up. So like experiences like that and experiences like this one here are for me, how I measure success because it's those are the kind of things that I'll remember, you know, years and years mm. from now. It's beautiful. Uh, for me, Shazam's. <laughs> <laughs> a number of Shazam's. So, Shazam the song. <laughs> Link below. Yeah. AJR, Rivers Cuomo, I, uh, this was amazing. This was the right way to open up our studio for the very first time and I can't thank you guys enough. Like, really. Amazing, yeah. Thank Thanks you. for having us, guys. Thank you very much. Hello, beautiful human. Thanks for listening to our conversation with Rivers Cuomo of Weezer and AJR. I really do appreciate it. There's a part one to this podcast just with Rivers. It's available on our little uh, podcast page. While you're there, subscribe to our podcast and share it with those you care about. And please let us know who you're listening to so we know who we should invite on the show next. At Zach Sang Show on any form of social media. Please be safe if you can hug your family and don't go to jail. Have an amazing day. Talk soon.